Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Now then we come to verse 18 to the uh, church at Thyatira. Thyatira was the, uh, I guess, most unimportant uh, uh, village, cities, uh, in this whole group. Maybe Philadelphia was a close runner-up, but uh, there's more said, more written to the church of Thyatira than any other church. And uh, <clears throat> dispensationalists tell us that this represents the papacy, age of the papal uh, domination. Uh, but uh, if so, it's strange how that uh, uh, the leading characteristic of this uh, problem in this church, how that it's the last, even today, to succumb to its teachings, and that is a woman preacher. You see, uh, you don't see any women preachers. Uh, very, very few. There's the Catholic Church. There's a little splinter group that's uh, kind of rebelling, but uh, they, they're making less progress uh, than any other church in so-called Christendom. The Pentecostals, why most of them are, are built around some woman. Uh, women play a key figure in it. Women playing key figure now in Methodist role. And uh, we've got several in Southern Baptist uh, Convention. Uh, we've got uh, three here in town. And I, uh, I, good friend of one, she's down here in the store, bookstore. And I call her Prophetess Jesse all the time. And she, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. And, uh, uh, and we have a woman pastor out here at Methodist Church, Box Chapel. Well, <clears throat> unto the angel, he says, to the church of Thyatira. Well, now, when you read Thyatira, well, having read the book of Acts, well, the first thing that comes to your mind, well, that's where Lydia, that's where Lydia lived. But she wasn't in Thyatira, you know, when Paul, Silas found him, she was over in Philippi. And uh, so uh, Paul, she invited Paul and Silas, said, now, if you're not afraid that you'll get uh, churched, why, I'd like for you to go home with me. Said, so I've got plenty of room to take care of you and Silas and all these others, because, see, he had others with him. And he says, if you judge me to be faithful unto the Lord. That was after she had been baptized. See? He says, now come. And, and they went. And, of course, I don't know whether there was a committee appointed to investigate uh, that or not. But uh, they went back to they went back down to the sea uh, shore uh, to worship again, you know. And it was there that the story is taken over to tell the story about being placed in jail and Philippian jailer and so forth. Well, Lydia 
uh, <coughs> was from Thyatira. She was uh, a seller of purple, you know, of purple goods. Well, that was to the aristocrats. That was to the rich. Only the rich could buy purple cloth. And uh, so uh, there were, history tells us that there were many guilds uh, in Thyatira, which roughly corresponds to our labor unions. And, uh, of course, some have uh, dragged Lydia's name as being the Jezebel of Thyatira, having come back, because the Bible doesn't uh, call this woman uh, named Jezebel. In other words, what it is, that that woman of a Jezebel, see? In other words, Jezebel is used uh, because of the characteristics of Jezebel, the wife of Ahab, that there was a woman that was a prophetess in this church that was uh, uh, teaching the same thing that Jezebel stood for. Well, what was the Bible in Second uh, Kings chapter 9 and First Kings 18 uh, and First Kings 19, you have, uh, when you examine those passages, you'll find that uh, the scripture says that she was uh, the mother of whoredoms and holotry and witchcraft and uh, seduction, uh, murder, because she killed prophecy. And uh, so, uh, and, and that's what, and fornication, that's what uh, Jezebel uh, uh in the story in First Kings and also in Second Kings, uh, <clears throat> that's what she stood for. Now then, this woman in this church, she was a prophetess, she said. And there were some in the church sided with her, believed that, that she was doing the right thing. All right, now let's read. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, these things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Now, brother, uh, that's the maddest Jesus ever got when he saw a woman standing up in the church preaching, teaching. See? Prophesy. His eyes are now as a flame of fire. He says, I know thy works. Now, <clears throat> uh, that expression, uh, as you know, is in each of the churches. Uh, now, the works consisted of deeds, and it consisted of manner of life, manner of living, the way they live. And now, uh, uh, charity, love, service, faith, and patience. Four things. This church was... Uh, he's commending him, see? Congratulating the church here. Uh, for their for their love, for their service, for their faith, and for their patience. And thy first works are more than the last. Well, that's the opposite of Ephesus, isn't it? Ephesus, uh, first works were the best. The last works of the church of Thyatira is, uh, 
is better than their first work. So there's some some improvement here. After all, it must have been pretty bad shape in, in the beginning. And it says, now that notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Now, he said a few things against him, right? I, I, I'd hate to, I don't have that many charges directly against me. Well, what was it? He, uh, this church was guilty of the reverse sin of Ephesus. Ephesus was, oh man, they could spot a false prophet a mile away. They just went around sensing them. Boy, you come through the door of the church, boy, you, instead of frisking you for a gun, they they could size you up, tell you what you're going to preach before you got up to stand. See, and uh, the committees were sharp. That was in Ephesus, but in doing so, you see, they lost their first love and and they they, they lost it all, hunting. Uh, and yet they were supposed to try the spirits. That's a command. That's what John, the same writer, tells us. First John four one. Try the spirits. To, uh, all right. Uh, but now then this church, instead of frisking them, while they were tolerant. See, they tolerated anything. They suffered. Tolerable. That's what that means. That, that means to put up with, without any objections. They just went along. They knew it was wrong, but they, they were indifferent. They didn't have backbone enough to point out the, uh, uh, the, the problem, see. They just, uh, well, the main thing, I think, is because they, they all had memberships. Back behind this thing was in these guilds. This fornication, uh, uh, was literal, uh, in these churches. Uh, and well now, uh, when the, uh, uh, conference met, uh, in Acts 15, they pointed out uh, you know, they uh, put in the decree, they were to abstain from idols, you know, and from eating anything that was offered to idols, that is, in the act of offering, in these temples. They couldn't go in there. Now, Paul says, why, if they've, uh, if they've killed an animal and, and offered it in sacrifice, and then that priest that got his portion out of it, if he took it and carried it down to the market and sold it, and it was in, uh, for sale in there, well, then it was all right for a Christian to buy it and to eat it, see, but not go to the temple and eat with them, because there it was showing that they were uh, worshiping with them. They were uh, one with them, see, two different things. Uh, but uh, uh, so here the problem, uh, thou sufferest that woman, who calleth herself a prophet. Well, now the Bible tells us uh, that God set uh, apostles first, and then prophets second. You see, the prophets, as we said last time, there was a, a wider group of men 
who were supernaturally endowed, gifted, inspired to teach God's people when they had no Bible to question them, to check with them, to go along with them. See, when God, when John, uh, God gave John this message and he wrote it and he sent it to Ephesus, that was the only copy in existence. None other. And that for Ephesus got it, goes to Smyrna, and then goes around, and then it says, no wonder it says, blessed is he that readeth the words of this prophecy, and they that hear. Because, brother, if you didn't remember what you couldn't remember, that's, you just, uh, you had no Bible, see? Alright, God sent prophets, uh, to teach this same message, who could retain, who remembered, who had a gift of knowledge. That's what the prophets were in, uh, that you read of in the New Testament. They were, those were special gifts. Alright, this woman Jezebel, was claiming that same, that she could dig deep into the mysteries, see. And uh, so, uh, verse 21 says, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Not only the prophet, but uh, uh, this uh, woman. But now, the church, uh, or even the church of Laodicea, when it appears that a sentence has already been passed on the churches, there's still the uh, final command. He that uh, repents, see, uh, he that hath the ears to hear, let him hear. Because uh, in every church, uh, there were those that were still faithful and loyal to God. All right. <clears throat> Behold, I will cast her into a bed. And the, these men who study the languages tell us a sick bed, in contrast to a bed of whoredoms. Uh, in other words, uh, that, uh, that this carries the idea of physical, uh, uh, just like in First Corinthians, you know, that many are sickly because of violation of uh, the Lord's Supper and the way they and conducted themselves, their morality. All right. Uh, <clears throat> with them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. All right. Now, <clears throat> uh, them that commit adultery with her. And then uh, uh, verse 23 talks about children, her children. And then uh, uh, there seems to be a a slight difference of degree to which the them had gone and her children, and that there was a little hope for the them, and he's making an appeal here to repentance uh, for them to uh, uh, to uh, come out and to refrain from uh, the sins of Jezebel. Behold, I will cast her into a bed. Uh, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Now, see, uh, now that's the alternative to the bed, to the to sickness. But now notice, I will kill her children to death. In other words, uh, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, 
and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. There was difference in the works. There was difference in the degree to which they had uh, they had followed the teachings of Jezebel. And uh, so uh, that recognition, uh, that is recognized here. Uh, but unto you, I say, uh, here uh, he's a call to repentance. Here he's counseling them. He's charging them. But, I, uh, but unto you, I say, uh, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, see, that's the, that's referring to their deep wisdom, in uh, taking a shot at them, I will put upon you none other burden. Now, I think this none other burden well, he uh, he doesn't tell us what the, uh, the previous burden is. But behind it, I think there is a recognition of the words in Acts 15. What did James say? We will put no greater burden upon them than was necessary. See? In other words, he said uh, all that he wanted to do was to res- uh, uh, not eat blood, not eat uh, animals uh, uh, all that was being offered to uh, in a festival. In other words, don't attend these festivals. And to keep yourself from fornication. Well, now, uh, in our land, at least a few years ago, that would shock a man a lot more than it would now. Uh, it used to, 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 to tell a child of God or to even suggest to him in this age, in America, uh, to, uh, that uh, that it would well now you since you've joined the church now well now you ought not to uh, uh, indulge in this sin see well they they know better see I mean I mean that we take that for granted that a man is uh, is living a much better moral life but now back in those days these people came out of heathenism they came out of these pagan temples where that was part of the worship service. Brother, that was that was as much of it as anything else. And now, when Gentiles, when uh, James and Peter and and Paul and all of them got together, and there here was uh, Peter making, uh, uh, telling them that well, now the Lord has uh, granted repentance to the Gentiles, salvation, and he told them about Cornelius and so on. And well, now then, all right, let's write down here, all right. Let them keep themselves from... Right, we don't want to put in a greater burden upon them, see, than, uh, than to just as we've always done, see. And the churches was accustomed to doing what they said, so there wasn't no... It wasn't a burden after all. But this expression uh, uh, reminds you of that, uh, or else uh, apparently has no other... I mean, you, uh, we have no other way. I, I don't. I don't think of turning to find the meaning, but that because it coincides with it in content. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. All right. Uh, <clears throat> the expression till I can hold fast that which you have. In other words, the truth that you're holding to, the faith, the patience, the service, 
the works, your last work, which were greater than your first. Hold that fast. Continue. Keep on holding. Keep on doing. Keep on uh, uh, clinging to uh, your first work, see, uh, to, the, uh, to these works. All right? And hold fast till I come. Now, I think that's a reference to uh, his future coming when he comes back uh, the second time. That's the theme of the behold. Uh, he cometh. That's the theme of this over in verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. All right. Uh, now, the postmillennialists will not a- accept that uh, interpretation. They have it. They, they'll tell you that that means, must find its meaning in coming in judgment. Come and I'll come to judge this church, see. Uh, but, uh, but now who's telling this? Wasn't John saying, till I come? It's the Son of God in the only place in uh, the book of Revelation that you find this expression, Son of God. Jesus refers to himself. These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire. Now, five times in Revelation, you're told that God is the Father of Jesus. But this is the only time that you have the expression Son of God. And... Now then, uh, here in verse 26, we have the promise. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, that's when he comes, to him will I give power over the nations. Now notice, this is not given power over the church. It's not over a, a group. To him that overcometh, I will give power over the nation. You see, in time past, Catholicism as well as Protestantism has have used this verse to support all sorts of uh, wicked schemes to exercise control and authority over uh, people, religion, their lives, states, and uh, they demand their loyalty. Uh, you think the loyalty that Jones demanded, why, that that's not a drop in a bucket as, com- as compared to what Catholicism has done in, the, in time past. Uh, that is in demanding loyalty without uh, knowing anything. You're not to know, you're not to question. We, the church, knows best. And they still preach that today to enlighten in an enlightened age that they are the interpreters of the Bible. You take what we say. See? And uh, so they've, they've uh, turned this passage uh, to that, uh, to suit their end, you see. Uh, but, I will give power over the nations when? Hold fast till I come. To the end. That doesn't apply... Uh, you could be ever so faithful to God today and you wouldn't have the right to go up here and say now look Jimmy you you move over you go on back and stir the peanuts a while and I'm taking over see 
And that doesn't, this doesn't give you power to rule any nation. See? But now he says, uh, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now this, this expression here, in its context, is easily, uh, to determine its, its meaning because of, uh, the expression, are broken to shivers, or shall be broken to shivers, or as, uh, a vessel is broken to many, many pieces. But the word itself simply means here, it means to tend. It's the same word that, that John used in the 21st chapter of John, verse 16, when he says, uh, Simon, uh, lovest thou me? And well, oh, Peter, uh, replies, sure, sure, Lord, thou knowest. Well, ten my sheep. The word ten means to protect, to uh, to preserve, to watch over, superintend, see, oversee my sheep, my flock. All right, uh, and then in uh, uh, the Matthew, uh, the second chapter, in verse six. You know, when the wise men had come to Jerusalem and they had asked, where is he that's born king of the Jews? Well, nobody answered them. And finally, that message got, they asked so many people that the message finally got to Herod's ears. And Herod called in the wise men, the scribes and the chief priests, and, and demanded of them, where? Where is the king to be born? And, of course, that was an easy problem for them. They just, all they had to do was uh, quote Micah. Well, he was to be born, uh, and they quoted, and, and Matthew 5, 2 tells us that he shall rule them. See, uh, the governor, Micah says, a governor, and that governor shall. Matthew 2, 6 says, uh, quoting Micah, for out of thee, Bethlehem, shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Now that's the same word as the word here in, in, uh, verse 27. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. But now notice that even a shepherd was a, a sovereign over the sheep. Uh, when when that sheep even, uh, you see, the reason I point this out is because Amalelis, uh they like to point to this and say that, uh, make fun of us who believe that uh, Christ was going to rule and that we are going to rule with him uh, and rule nations, see, uh, with a rod of iron so to speak, from this standpoint. Showing, which all it means is to show that absolute authority and power resides in Christ, and then Christ has given to his uh, children, the overcomers, that we are to reign with him. See, And so, uh, they tell us, oh, there's no such thing, you know, that a lot of dispensationalists quote this, all right, 
That like, we gonna have a baseball bat in our hand, you know, and we're gonna conk this man over the head if he don't do what he says, see? Now, and of course, that's misrepresentation of the teaching of the Bible. But a shepherd uh, led his flock, and uh, and he didn't have to ask that uh, old ram, uh, well, where you want to go today? You want to go up the hill first, or you want to go down this way? That shepherd carried those sheep where he wanted them to go. And when he stopped, he stopped them. And uh, they grazed where he said graze. They drank at the brook where he carried them. And uh, so, uh, uh, all right, now to show that uh, complete authority is invested uh, in Christ and in the overcomer, because this is emphasizing the overcomer, see, uh, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers. Uh, now, what's he talking about? Nations to be broken to shivers. Before he would rule, see, in other words, uh, here you have uh, the same thing as this stone that was cut out of the mountain without any, no hands were seen, how it was come out, it just, it just came out of the mountain and it struck the image, but it, it smote the image. It didn't uh, roll up to the image and said, what are you doing today? How are you? Brother, that stone demolished. The whole image and care, and then it was busted in so many pieces that the, uh, the Daniel says the wind carried away. See? Alright, here you have the same imagery, uh, shall be broken to shivers. Now then, uh, Jesus says, because this is the Son of God, and the only place in the Bible directs, says that I, in other words, he says, I that speak unto I am the Son of God. I'm the same one that was seen in chapter 1. And now he says, I received of my Father. Now what did he receive? He received authority. He received a right. He received a power. He received something uh, uh, after he returned to uh, heaven. You see, that was the... That was what he won by the right of his faithfulness and obedience even unto death, even the death of the cross. That's why the Lord was brought out of the grave, because uh, his work, uh, it was uh, accomplished, it was finished, and God approved it by raising him from the dead and sitting him at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says, as I received from my father, see, he and I will give him the morning star. Well, the uh, the morning star, Daniel had something to say about the morning star, too, you know. He said in the 12th chapter, talking about uh, those that turn many to righteousness, in other words, taught the truth, uh, pointed out uh, uh, the uh, the truths that God had revealed to him and to other prophets, turned them in the way of righteousness, shall shine, see, as the star. See? Alright, now, uh, now here is the, the morning star. Uh, I don't know, in, uh, Revelation 22, 16, uh, Jesus is called the bright and morning star. 
Uh, well, if so, it will say, I will give unto him myself. That would be the same, see? When Jesus says, and I will give unto him the, uh, the morning star, uh, Jesus said, then I will give myself unto you. To you who? To you overcomers, the children of God. Uh, in other words, uh, he's, uh, that's at his return. Well, uh, that, um, some, uh, people believe that that's what it's referring to. Others take it, uh, uh, to speak about the resurrection. They, they these that, uh, that like to go highly symbolic, uh, they say, well, the resurrection, well, that's, uh, you, uh, the morning star appears after the night is over. And the resurrection occurs after man has been in the darkness of the tomb. See, for the night of his period, his whole period was a night. Well, uh, of course, that, uh, to me, gets a little uh, far-fetched out in the symbolism. Uh, but uh, I, I really uh, think that it's referring to the same thing that Daniel was. Now, what, why, what's he doing here? He's calling on the church to be faithful. He's calling on this church, and then he hear those within the church. He says, he that overcometh. Now, then it's put down on a personal uh, basis. Uh, why? He that turns many to right, just like uh, John the Baptist. See, after, after Isaiah 40 says, uh, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, you know, uh, saith the Lord, and then speak comfortably to Jerusalem. Uh, why? Because uh, cry unto her for her sins, her iniquities are pardoned. And uh, 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 so uh, the uh, uh, the very next verse has reference to John the Baptist. Of course, primarily that's referring to the children of Israel while they're in captivity uh, in uh, uh, in uh, ba- in Babylon, but. Uh, their warfare wasn't over. Well, they had to come back out of, out of, uh, Babylon. They had to build the temple, and they built it with Sanballat and Tobias, all of these fellas, um, uh, opposing them. In fact, they brought up a legal document and had it stopped for a long time. And, uh, so, uh, then, not only were they gonna have, they were living at that time, and yet God said, cry unto her because her, uh, her warfare is accomplished, her iniquity is pardoned, and she's received double. See? She received at my hand double for her sins. And yet look at the many, uh, look at the many sins that was yet before the children of Israel. The destruction of the temple was to come 500 years from that time. And they're scattered, and they're scattered today. Yet Christ speak unto Jerusalem. Now there you have, uh, you see, a, a double, uh, full meaning, a two-fold meaning of the, uh, of that message. Because there is a message that we can speak comfortable, but at that, at that time there was no Jerusalem. The temple was destroyed, and Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed it before, uh, on his third trip, see. And yet he said, speak unto Jerusalem. Well. Uh, there wasn't anybody else left up there but sick folks and old folks, decrepit folks, and, and folks had been overrun by the Samaritans from the north had come in to Jerusalem and yet speak comfortably. Now that overleaped that, you see, through the coming of, uh, of the Lord. Well, 
he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now again, I point out uh, that in the in the greetings to each church, it is singular. And unto the angel of the church at Thyatira, but at the conclusion, it's always in the plural. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. In other words, this is just as much uh, Ephesus is to hear this message, just as much as Thyatira is to hear Ephesus' message and so on. And vice versa, all of them. It's all to the churches in Asia. Not only them, but it's to us at all times. Just like the church, or like First Corinthians is applicable to us, Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, any of the Thessalonian letters or any other letter. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.